Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Uh, it, we're going to talk a little hockey. We don't do enough hockey talk on this program. We had a really good minor league hockey team and the Milwaukee Admirals on their way to a Calder Cup when the whole season got shut down and then the NHL started back up and they went into the bubble and they crowned a champion and they got it done and it's been fantastic, and now we've got one of the legendary voices, Mike Doc Ever Emrick, uh, the retired play-by-play sportscaster for the NHL and NBC, and got a new book out. Now joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline, Doc, how you been? I've been fine, and I have great memories of coming to Milwaukee to watch hockey, as well as as a child sitting in the stands at County Stadium. And watching the Braves, that's how old I am. I, I I marvel at Milwaukee and always enjoyed coming there. Phil Whitliff was in charge of the Admirals at the time, and yep. uh, that legendary Lloyd Pettit invited me to watch the game, and Phil ushered me around. And it was paper airplane night. The Admirals were playing the Fort Wayne Comets, and uh, they were so far ahead in the third period that people started throwing the airplanes early. <laughs> and Phil stood up on the press box table and he said, everybody in the media take note. This is the last paper airplane night we are ever going to hold. <laughs> <laughs> Funny what you remember. It was a long time ago. Speaking of memories, I had the minute I announced you were coming on, I had a, an older hockey fan that said, hey, ask Doc if he remembers and has any good stories about the old Toledo Blades from the IHL in the 60s. Yeah. I sure do. The first game I ever did 47 years ago, you always remember number one, and that was Port Huron's Flags playing in Toledo at the sports arena where the ice was often not too good and sometimes thicker than normal, meaning slow, uh, against the Toledo Hornets. The Blades had changed their name to the Hornets by that time, and um, it wound up being a 6-5 to Port Huron win, but the Sports Arena in Toledo, and it's, it's actually mentioned in the book, uh, they had some rather ornery fans there. It was located down on the waterfront in Toledo. And at one point, Bob McCammon was our coach for Port Huron. He had played uh, 11 years in the league, and so he was well aware of how hazardous it could be going into Toledo. And uh, so he's pacing the bench, and he asked the security guard that's there, uh, kind of tongue-in-cheek, you have any trouble with security here? And the guard said, well, we know there's a guy on the last row up there, and he's slingshotting bullets down here at the bench, but we can't <laughs> catch him at it or we would eject him. <laughs> uh, well, oh, great. 
<laughs> oh my goodness! A, it was a different time in all of our lives then, but it was my first year um, in the IHL, and Milwaukee was not in the league then. But I had known Phil for some time, and I know he was a legend there in that town, not only as a player but as a coach and an administrator mm-hmm. as well. All a part of of that. And I heard you talking about the Packers. And I don't want to segue to football, but I know it's a very comfortable spot for all of your listeners, too. Mm-hmm. I got a chance to do two Green Bay Packers games for CBS, both of them working with Matt Millen, who was doing his first two games. And I was doing my first two games since broadcasting in college at a small college in Indiana. Mike Holmgren was coaching his first game. Dennis Green was coaching his first game as the coach of the Minnesota Vikings, and it was held at Lambeau Field. So here it was, the first NFL game on television I had done, and we had all of these factors, and Fouad Rivez kicked uh, a field goal in overtime, and the Vikings won it. And the following week, uh, Matt and I went to Tampa Bay, and uh, we were doing uh, the Buccaneers and the Packers, and it was in that game that uh, a rookie quarterback named Brett Favre, who the Packers had acquired from Atlanta over the summer, uh, came out on the field to uh, take over for um, uh, Mikowski and threw his first pass that ricocheted off one of the Buccaneers back into his own arms. So his first pass was a completion to himself. Wow. And I got to call that. That was I did seven games, and that was probably the most famous surprise play I got to call in a very limited time doing NFL football. And uh, Brett did okay for himself, didn't he? Yeah, he ended up uh, throwing passes to many other people. So (laughs) you're absolutely right. (laughs) And getting a lot of jewelry for himself, too. Yes, he did, without a doubt. Hey, hey, Doc, uh, the the NHL, let me ask you this first and foremost, because doing this for so many years and having so many memories and such, but at what point as a broadcaster, and I find this fascinating, at what point do you know it's time to walk away? Uh, I guess for me, it was sometime between the second and third round, right around Labor Day this fall. Uh, and I was I was sort of looking back and it and discovered uh, not that I didn't know it before, but it, it just sort of came to mind in the fall of my life and also in the fall of this year that uh, it had been 50 years since I had uh, first walked into an NHL arena as a reporter um, and a print reporter at that time for a nightly newspaper in the Pittsburgh suburbs and started covering NHL players. And then I spent two years in play-by-play in graduate school at Bowling Green and then 47 doing play-by-play at various with various teams and 40 years in the NHL. And, and it sort of struck me that, hey, I have had a cancer scare and surgery in my life, but I've been remarkably, knock on wood, lucky. And... It seems like with all those round numbers, maybe this is just the time when I'm still okay, and my wife of 42 years is okay, and we have um, we take a lot of uh, joy in our dogs and horses, and maybe this is the time to enjoy the time that we have while we are still okay. And uh, hockey will do just fine, and I'll sit at home and watch other people work. They're allowing me to keep my hand in and do some essays, but... I was told by older people that had retired that you will know when, and uh, the when sort of came to my mind. And so I marched up two flights of stairs and 
quietly said to my wife, I think this is it. And she said, are you sure? Because we've had conversations every summer. I have these Walter Alston sort of manager contracts of one year. And so each year they just asked me to let them know. And, and in the past it had always been, well, how do you feel? And I, I feel fine. So, okay, do another year. But this time it was different. I felt fine, but it seemed like the right time to do this. I'm sorry it's such a long answer. No, uh, that's do great. Do commercial now? <laughs> no, I, no I, I, I've known friends. I've got friends in the business, been doing this a while. And, um, you know, we got a great guy right here in our own backyard in Bob Euchre, and, and people here hope he never retires, you know. And, uh, and Bob loves it. So Bob, it, you know, he doesn't have any plan to walk away anytime soon. I've known other guys that have said, you know, late 60s, they've said, you know, that's it for me. You get a guy like, you know, uh, d- you know different different legendary broadcasters that just say, I, I want to stick around because I love the locker room. It's not necessarily the game or the grind. It's just the locker room. It's being around the teams. So I always yeah, wonder when a guy decides – yeah, when a guy says, hey, it's time for me to go, I always wonder what the inspiration is behind it. And, and a lot of the times, that's exactly what they say, is exactly what you said. It's just time to enjoy myself. And and so I always always wonder, you know, because, uh, you know, we all love what we do, and we do it for a, a, a passion. And I just always like to get that perspective. And if I bored people with it, or we did, I'm sorry. But it's I always love that perspective of what in life makes you say, okay, it's time. Yeah, we have um, – um... Our commitment is to not only our own creatures, but also to others in the area. And, and uh, the book, uh, all proceeds, 100% of it, go to go to various hands-on animal causes. Not big organizations, not that there's anything wrong with those, but uh, in our area we know of surgeries that need to get accomplished that people can't afford, and so quietly and anonymously we can help out with those. And uh, uh, if you've seen Storage Wars, you know that as analog guy as I am because of when I started, I've got a lot of printed guides that go way back. And a guide Mm -hmm. of the, uh, let's say, of the Chicago Blackhawks from 1978 probably has no real value. But if you put all of them together from 1978 through all the Stanley Cup years up till you know, the most recent year, maybe there's a Blackhawks fan that would want to, on some platform, uh, pay for that. And then I would ship them to them, and then that would be not only I would empty out the storage facility eventually, but I would also have some more cash to put toward uh, the cause of trying to help some creatures. So that's what our interest is at this stage in our life. And as I said, I still get to watch the games, and I still get to occasionally do a video essay for NBC. So they issue me a team jersey, and I'm on the roster just in a different role. That's awesome. Uh, hey, real quick, and I we're running up against the clock here, but uh, you got the book out, How a Kid from Basketball Crazy Indiana Became America's NHL Voice. Uh, just, I guess, uh, if you want to give a, a two-minute Cliff's Notes version, I mean, the book itself uh, is out. People can get it. But how does a kid from Indiana that uh, everybody there is supposed to grow up with a basketball in their hand, playing on a dirt court against a, against a barn board uh, with, a, with a hoop, how does a kid like that go to getting into the NHL? Well, at that time, and I still encourage kids to do this because you you need to be heard, but if you really have talent, you're going to wind up being discovered if you promote yourself uh, politely, uh, but aggressively. Um, first of all, to get, to get some kind of recording of yourself, uh, if you aren't granted access to an arena, you buy a ticket like I did in Fort Wayne and you go to an empty section, 
and you start practicing doing games. And there's still kids to this day that do that. I've run into them in various arenas, a lot of the minor league arenas, because so many of the NHL arenas, you know, before the pandemic were sold out. And so you get some tape of yourself uh, and then you try to get opinions. And one of the things that I've done for about 15 years uh, has been offer my one opinion for nothing for anyone that wants to submit their work. Usually it's sent in an email to me. Uh, and I write back and, first of all, encourage people to go after this and also to uh, to send me their work and keep trying and don't give up because there's a lot of rejection. And I'm very proud to say that of those things, and I had nothing to do with it, they had the talent and the work ethic to do it. There's a guy in Edmonton that does radio, one in, in Vegas that does radio, one in Washington that does radio, and they sent me their work a long time ago. Mm-hmm. That's that's completely awesome, and, and great that you help younger broadcasters in that aspect. Uh, Doc, I, I, we could talk forever. Uh, unfortunately, we got to get going, but uh, the book is out. Again, it's called Off Mike, How a Kid from Basketball Crazy Indiana Became America's NHL Voice. People can get it, I would assume. You can just go online, Google it, and it'll pop up in, what, Amazon and such? Yes. I, anywhere books are sold, why, it is there. And uh, I appreciate everything that you've done to – to further the cause of sports and good athletics in your area and tell you, I said, hi, I've never met him, but I've seen him a lot. And I always, uh, I got to see major league a number of times during the pandemic. And I always watch it all the way to the end. And I keep thinking one of these times, um, Vukovic is going to get some wood on that last pitch that comes from Charlie Sheen, but I guess it doesn't happen that way. Right. Yeah, I know. Uh, Good stuff. Hey, Doc, appreciate it. Best of luck to you. Enjoy retirement and uh, anything you do down the road. You're always, you have a door open. Come on back anytime, okay? Greatly appreciate it. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. There you go. Mike, Doc Emmerich, uh, retired play-by-play sportscaster for the NHL on NBC and a long, long, long time. A voice of so much when it comes to the NHL and the fact that he collects all that stuff and has those collections. And he's right, Blackhawks fans, they love that kind of stuff. Love that kind of stuff. He joined us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard, they treat you fair. 80 plus years they've been doing it. Call them, 844-PRIDE. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.